The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Everybody and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. I finally managed to get this guest on board, and I'm very stoked and excited to have this particular person. It's like the uh, the coyote chasing the roadrunner. I've been uh, chasing around New York, all around different parts of the world, as she's been traveling everywhere. And we finally got Kavita Gupta, who is the founding managing partner at Consensus, with us today. So thank you so much. We finally got you on the show. <laughs> thank you so much, Craig. Um, I apologize for all the reschedulings, but I'm so excited to be here finally. Well, look, you said it before, I, you know, sort of trying to work out whereabouts you uh, position yourself and where you live. And you said quite rightly, I live on the plane, but I uh, pay taxes in San Francisco. So I totally understand that. <laughs> but then look, to kick things off, I, I think it's really important a bit of your backstory first. Um, you know, for those that are, that are listening that are not aware of uh, where you've come from and how you've come to this space, you really have done some phenomenal things. You know, you've worked at, worked at the, the World Bank, you've won uh, UN Awards for Social Finance Innovators. I mean, could you just sort of take us through a bit of the journey that's brought you to where you are right now? Because I think it's a fascinating one and a really good backstory. Thank you. Um, so I started my career as every good Indian engineer does, which is in McKinsey. And uh, so started working on a lot of financial products out there, was super fortunate to work in um, uh, creating financial modeling directly, directly for European Union for the new countries coming in. And from there, I joined the World Bank. I was working on the trading floor. And uh, uh, again, very fortunate to be part of one of the founding team members at, for Green Bonds, Alternative Investment Strategies and Derivative Products. Uh, I think one thing which when I look back, I realized that I get very excited about creating new type of investment vehicles and also just to brainstorm in what can, what will or what will not exist after a couple of years. And that trend has been pretty much in my last 16, 17 years of professional life with European Union modeling to World Bank carbon bonds, swaps. Uh, green bonds, a lot of liquidity products out there to completely taking a new tranche and landing up in Nairobi to do the investment and communication technology projects out there. Uh, I'm talking about 2007 and 2008 when no one was even looking at it. I still remember the first time I made an investment recommendation in a fintech company uh, back to the main headquarters they're like but this is africa do they have food how will they have mobile phones and i'm like no this is a complete different world so from there um um going through this whole journey and i remember this exactly what i talked to when i first met joseph lubin uh, whom we call joe um an year and a half back in napa and uh, he was like you have been a very unconventional person. So how do you see this market? And we had a long two and a half, three hour conversation about it. And by the end of that conversation, he was like, you have such strong opinions. Why don't you just do it? And that's pretty much what triggered in my head that maybe this is the new unknown world and I should be part of it to create something. Wow. That's, um, 
I love that. What, what, why don't you, you know, two or three hours sitting down, having a conversation. I mean, I know, I know how these conversations start and I also know how they evolve and I also know how they often end. <laughs> they, you know, to, to be speaking two to three hours with somebody like Joe would be, uh, would be phenomenal. I mean, and, and, you know, I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation and to get to the point where you, where you are here. I mean, this is, this is your world now. This is, I guess, this is your domain, right? You, you're here. This is blockchain. Yeah. And believe me, like when I started, like I thought Joe was joking. Like I was not from a deep blockchain world. I was not a crypto hedge fund guy. Like I was looking at blockchain because I started, I'm a senior advisor at MIT Soft. There was a couple of blockchain technologies. So I had something to talk about. But Joe literally pointed out on my face that I have not done token trading at that point of time. So um, I think... I think Joe is amazingly crazy to give me $50 million to experiment with this fund. I don't know anything else. And um, he gave me a great opportunity. And then I learned while on job. And um, But the beautiful thing is consensus as a company is one of the most impressive ecosystem. Uh, when I joined, I just had so many people who were so open. Some of the first adopters of Ethereum who have been working on it two and a half years already by that time, I'm talking about early last year, who were ready to sit down with me and just help me understand everything. So the combination of trust from Joe and the whole consensus collaborative atmosphere made it happen. Let's go into that in a little bit more detail. I mean, it's, I believe it's built on the Ethereum platform, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the Ethereum has been getting a, a pretty good beating the last few months, or most of the year, to be fair. It, it's, it's kind of, when I talk about beating, I'm talking about, in a sense, the price. Uh, there's been, you know, there's always a good news story when the price goes up. There's always a million people with bad news stories when the price goes down. Um, from your point of view, I mean, obviously yourself, Joe, I mean, Joe being one of the people at the forefront of Ethereum when it first kicked off and doing all, the, all that he has done for that ecosystem. Has anything changed as far as, you know, the surroundings? Is Ethereum still viewed as the same Ethereum that it was, uh, say, this time last year? I mean, I see lots of good news coming out about it, but I also see lots of people's opinions changing. I know opinions don't change technology. Has anything changed? Has anyone has anything gone backwards? Um. I haven't seen anyone going backwards. Actually, what I have seen is people being very smart when they now talk about tokens. So um, I think this is the adjustment or this is the market movement. People in this technology side always knew was coming. We just didn't know when it was coming. I mean, something going this crazy in December and January has to come down somewhere to have a balance. Um, so... For me personally, from the venture side, what I've seen is now the pitches have gone a lot better. When people come and start talking about tokens, they have they have really thought through this because they know if they're going to go out in this market to raise, it's, it's a tough market. It's got to be good. Yeah. And I've also seen people started being uh, open to doing a combination of equity and tokens and going back somewhere on a traditional route not 100% traditional, but going back to raising equity round while saying there is slowly, slowly going to be tokens. So token designs, number of tokens they're going to launch, the whole cycle has improved for good. So for me, I have been enjoying this part. 
Look, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I mean, we saw that sort of boom through December and January was probably the most ICO-centric period that I've seen. Um, just absolute madness, you know, and everybody who, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of the um, the general uh, crypto public uh, wanting to see, you know, five, six, seven, ten times return quickly uh, as soon as a listing. Now, that, that's not a reality. I mean, you know, we've been around long enough to know that, you know, turkeys don't fly in hurricanes for long. The, you know, the hurricane passes, the turkey comes back down to earth. But I mean, it's, it's, it is fascinating to see how the pictures have changed. Like, I, I do agree that good projects still have the ability to raise good money, but the way they're raising is different. And we, there's, you know, we can kind of segue into talking about traditional uh, structures from VC, uh, traditional raising models, but also a lot of people talking at the start of the year and at the end of last year, talking about 2018 being the year of the institutions in you know arriving to the space. Now we are seeing institutions arriving into the space, hedge fund money, you know, mostly boutique money, apart from Goldman Sachs having sort of account, you know, appointed somebody as a head of blockchain development or what I can't remember the exact title, but basically the the biggest of the investment banks putting their hands up and saying we are now officially in this space with the gs logo it's official we're not buying companies you know that are underneath us we are officially there so that's that's been good now we are starting to see that institutional money come in which is my point it's coming in in a different way though i think a lot of people thought that institutional money would come in and they'd all be wanting to buy bitcoin and ethereum and everything would go up and it would be amazing but that's just not how institutional money works you talked about the um you know, looking at equity and what is that the way that you guys obviously are approaching your investment with the fund? And do you see that as being the beginning or the first wave of institutional money realistically? I think I look at it from a different side. Um, if I understand your question correctly, you're talking about how how do we see institutional money coming? How do we see it entering? Yeah. So I think when the prices went up, so instead of a project, now this is a complete different way of look at the prices fluctuation, right? And I'm so glad you picked up this question right after following up the first one. The institution people looked, they really got, their, their attention really got into it when they saw the prices and that movement in December and January. That gave them enough strength that there are so many of their clients, private wealth managers, clients asking about what is happening. And a lot of people made money at that point of time for them to start taking this market very seriously. And then suddenly from last October, we started hearing, or November, we started hearing news that a lot of big banks are investing into it. They're building teams to understand what's going on. They are supporting crypto hedge funds. They, they are also uh, watching the market about derivative products on it, as we recently saw a couple of really big exchanges or banks going to SEC and different agencies to ask for different derivative products from forwards to futures uh, based on Bitcoin or Ether. So the money going down is actually giving, I see institutional capital to stay here, but giving them enough breathing room to figure out their um, strategy and to get people together. And I think they actually going to be responsible for very responsible investment model structures and derivative products to be available for accredited investors to go over next after some time. So I'm also very excited to see how they're going to move the needle on the liquidity products. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that that was your answer because I've had my own sort of thoughts around the market being down for, for a while now. And I'm, you know, a lot of the people that are listening are purely there speculating and, and I'm, all, I'm all good for that. You know, let, let's make money. That's great. But let's, we're creating something new here. It's a completely, it can be a paradigm shift as to where many things are done. I mean, it can be, I know we relate it to the internet a lot. And I've got a question at the very end about that with you, but I mean, it really can be something that changes a lot of the way we do things. And I, the fact that we're not seeing um, a, a huge amount of movement, uh, like to the upside, we're seeing, we're seeing quite a bit of downside. I, I think it's good in the sense that before the next wave of investors come in, before the next wave of, you know, there's a lot of people that are in traditional markets right now, you know, trading stocks, bonds, shares, foreign exchange that, that just are not in the space yet. Now, that money will come across. But before we're there, before we can bring that on properly, the, the products need to be created. And I, I agree with you that being suppressive with the prices right now, it keeps the market almost as the market is. It's not growing a great deal as far as new participants uh, for the most part, which allows these projects to create proper ecosystems and, and products that will help us medium or short, medium and long term. So that I think that's, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that, you, <laughs> that you've got a similar sort of, of, uh, of view to us. Now, I mean, question around your vision for blockchain? Because I, I want to know what you see in this space. I mean, if, if this is going to truly be revolutionary, if, if this is truly going to change the way that the world operates, much the same as the internet, let's say, I mean, not many people, I mean, some of the very early adopters of the internet that were in there could see where we're at now. But it was a far-flung view way back in 1984, whatever it was when it first started. Now, we're kind of probably around that sort of stage now or maybe a little bit beyond that. What's your actual vision for blockchain looking forward 10, 15, 20, 30, as many years forward as you want to go? Where, where can we get to in your eyes? I think in 2030, even before that, the way this market is moving, I feel like in 7 to 10 years, nobody will even think about blockchain as something they need to understand. It's like today people use internet. They use mobile phone applications. My parents don't ask me what TCP IP is or what is internet is or how am I getting all this information. They just know the name of the applications. So blockchain is going to become such an underlining infrastructure layer on everything which we're going to use that the next generation will just know that when they use it, they have their data to themselves. This is just the way internet is. And I think once we reach there, which is a seamless integration in everything, no friction for the new users. I think people who have created it, like Joe and Vitalik, they have done the job. It's kind of like um, if, if you sort of want to do a comparison, which I, I love. I love comparing things. I love, I love giving, giving different analogies. But, I mean, the world, the world didn't know that we needed to have a telephone and a computer in one until Steve Jobs came out on that stage and showed us that we needed it. Now look at us go. You know, there's a whole ecosystem around just that, that, that the one up, all those two applications coming together, the iPhone, uh, and then, of course, Android. But th that's what created – we didn't know we needed it until it was introduced to us. Now, people like you and I have been introduced to this. Uh, the world is starting to uh, starting to catch on, but it is um, – well, in all honesty, it's happening very, very quickly. Everything happens very, very quickly in this space. Speaking of things that are moving quickly, your fund, okay, the fund that you're, I guess, managing, running, being a part of, whatever you want to call it, um, <sighs> Is there any particular area within the uh, blockchain and crypto asset space that you guys are focused on? I know your background is very much on disruptive technology and, and um, uh, oh, 
the, um, the words are escaping me, but, but new markets and, and new opportunities that are pretty disruptive. What areas do you see? Because look, there's, there's there's problems that will be need to be solved in five years that don't need to be solved now. So it's about what you're looking at at the right time. What areas are you guys seeing at the moment as being the areas to be focused on? Yeah, so we are Ethereum-focused fund. Uh, we also look at blockchain agnostic technologies on infrastructure, security, etc. cetera. Uh, we do anything and everything on Ethereum across the stack, which could be infrastructure layer, networking layer. It could be applications, security, liquidity. Um, so if we look at our portfolio, we have projects from um, Vault, which is a smart mobile uh, application, which hopefully going to be one of the first mobile app to be on Apple Store, um, to Dada, which is art collectible, to we have BlockFi, which is a crypto lending platform, um, to Truex, which is working on the first forwards and futures on Ether. Um, then we have the technology uh, layer solutions, uh, which we have been working closely. We also support a lot of open source projects. So, so we invest across everything. But if you have to ask me what I'm really excited about, I, yeah, I think I'm very excited about a lot of blockchain agnostic scalability solutions and also blockchain interoperable, which going to end up creating scalability at the end of the day. Um, I also very interested in projects which are providing a UX UI, easy UX UI solution to all the developers, because as you just took an example of Steve Jobs and the phone, um, all our world is mobile today. And for the longest time, blockchain technology stayed on web with respect to web applications and nobody really had a great mobile application. So um, when I look at it, I look at it, yes, we need to, on the infrastructure side, we need great scalability solution, which could be state channels or which could be a great network, efficient network protocol layers, which can make the packets runs faster. Or we have uh, places on sharding, whether it's stocking or uh, snarking, like different methods of looking at that. On the second side, we also, uh, then a layer above that, we need really great custody solutions because custody is still a problem whether you call it in security whether you put it on application layer between hot wallet versus cold wallet we still don't have the perfect solution um, then when we go for the seamless integration uh, a very good combination between private chains and public chains so that we don't we don't have to use blockchain for everything so we don't have to store our data out there so how do we do a very good uh, optimization between private chain and public chain, and then take a level above that, how do I have decentralized database solution with an amazing search meta tags, which can make the world an easy place? The way Google revolutionized, the Google search made internet friendly to everyone. What is that going to be for blockchain? And do you have any answers for us? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had something to announce, but I can say I'm very excited about this one project and stealth we have invested into. So I'm hoping they're going to be the one. Well, I hope it is too. And I hope you uh, we can have a chat about that. But look, aside from that, I mean, you, you pretty much answered a question that I had. I mean, 
I was going to ask you about, you know, what's the progression look like to get to where we need to get? I mean, you, you basically just did the Apple iPhone, you know, the, the iPhone, and the, sorry, the, the mobile phone and the internet computer together uh, and answered my question before I needed to get them. And you, you literally just nailed that. And you're a mind reader as well. One, one other thing you can put on your LinkedIn profile. Um, so, what, I mean, I guess we, we've, we've talked about the beauty of the space. We've talked about the potential of the space. What, if anything, can hurt us. Where, where is where is the biggest threat? I mean, if we're going to talk about doing business and we're going to talk about creating something new, we're going to be upsetting some people uh, and upsetting some industry. The ones that are you know sort of asleep at the wheel are going to crash, and the ones that are innovative and um, able to adapt uh, are going to do well. I mean, that's just business one hundred and one. So, what? do we see as being the major threats for the space? Is there anything so big? I mean, most people talk about governments, they talk about regulation. I think that, yes, there is there is some validity to that, but the, the language uh, seems to be changing to more understanding and more positive across many different jurisdictions or many different countries. The other thing beautiful about blockchain is that it is not a centralised area. It's, it's not akin to any one country. So, I mean, what do you see as the biggest threat to the space? I think combination of things. So first is if this space will continue to have a lot of fake projects for quick money, it will take away the attention of the beauty of technology and it will get a lot of legal issues for anyone to even think about the space. I think that's taking care of itself uh, in a very organic manner. The other big one, which is my fear, my personal fear maybe, is a lot of big companies who already exist in this space, and I don't want to take names, but like the top five, ten software companies which has been ruling the world, they have they have created their wealth by owning people's data. So this technology is definitely the biggest threat to their existence. And most of them have announced that they have blockchain groups or they are creating their own blockchain to be progressive about it. But I'm scared that they're going to end up creating a hybrid blockchain, which is still going to control the data identity of people. And they will still be termed under blockchain without really people enjoying the benefit of it. Um, so I'm very scared about that. And I'm also scared because you can pass anything today as blockchain and there could be criti- criticism about it, but these are strong forces. And the third thing is, I feel like a little bit more unity within the blockchain community and more collaborativeness <laughs> within the blockchain community would really help all of them to go an extra mile with a little bit less effort. So yeah, those three things. Yeah. So basically, monopolies being maintained um, would be a threat, uh, which is you know the whole internal blockchain process. They own the data; they've made the money from it. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think as well. You know, sometimes I feel like you know the the market itself, the blockchain space itself, it, it's got a you know split personality. Um, one's very friendly and collaborative, and the other one's just an absolutely psycho uh, that you do not want to go near. You know, it's wielding a big butcher's knife, and that one lives online. Doesn't live face to face so much. That one lives online, so it's a double edged sword. But I, I I tend to agree with you. Um, so. I mean, you guys at the moment, uh, at Consensus, are doing a huge amount. There is so much going on. I mean, 
I believe we mentioned earlier that you've got an accelerator that you've just you've just launched. Do you want to talk talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. So um, Tachyon is the name of the accelerator, which is a particle faster than speed of light. Uh, this is a name which, of course, Joe Lubin thought of. So I want to give him full credit for it. Um, but but in last one year doing VC, what we realized being in the market is. There are a lot of really, really smart people who are now moving, serial entrepreneurs, people with very strong tech background are now moving into the space, but they're still early. So either they are in a very cushioned job at some of the top companies and they have great idea, they have great technical skills from the traditional Web 2.0 world, web, web, uh, 2.0 world coming in, and they're still trying to learn how to make that transition. Or we had people uh, who actually were early with their ideas and those ideas were so big that they needed a big ecosystem support. So we decided that if we can't do VC funding, VC investment in these, we still really want to work with these amazing entrepreneurs. And that pushed us to create an uh, Ethereum-focused, blockchain-focused accelerator which can provide the whole ecosystem a two-month window to how consensus work, how blockchain world works, while also giving them a lot of advisory from our friends and network, from Google, Facebook, Uber, etc., product people, designer people, to come and talk to them and say, this is how market works and product works and customer acquisition works. So I was really getting deeper and deeper into creating this whole community and ecosystem. And that's got us to design Tachyon. Uh, We launched it on May 11th at Ethereal, which is our consensus annual flagship event. And uh, we have got around 178 applications. We just closed the application this Monday. We are very excited that we got this many for our first cohort. I wasn't sure about it. And we're going to pick 15 companies. They're going to spend two months with us in San Francisco. And we have people from Web 2.0. We have people coming from Consensus, um, founders from Metamask, Truffle, Infura, people like Joseph Chow, Gonzalo, Jerome, who are like some of the earliest adopters of the technology and have been protocol engineers coming together and working with these all these amazing entrepreneurs across the world. And it's a truly international, global cohort because... Um, we haven't announced the companies, but there are a lot of companies from Europe, Israel, India, Egypt, uh, Saudi Arabia. So I'm very excited about it. That's awesome. I mean, the, just the the fact that a you've you've created that platform. I mean, it's all about helping others to step up. Um, you've obviously got an amazing network with everybody that you work with at Consensus and beyond. I mean, yourself and Joe have got a wide, very expansive um, you know understanding of the space and. I would love to see your little black books. I'm sure it's full of wonderful people that can help a lot of business. So that's that's going to keep your hands full, I'm sure. The people going through, I'm not sure if it's your, I mean, you must have a short list you go through, but 178 projects, that's, uh, that's a mighty lot of projects. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'm sure you'll find some absolute gems. I suppose that's the... That's the uh, the point of it. And the, the second thing I've heard uh, recently, because the, the, the fund that you had originally uh, come to be a part of was, um, was it was closed. Uh, I hear you are now working on an external money fund. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Because I'm fascinated to learn about that one. Yeah, sure. So the first fund, we still have capital to 
deploy from there, but it's a pre-seed seed stage fund and it's a consensus proprietary fund. Uh, that's where we started from. We built our track record. And the first time consensus is has been opened, Joe graciously has allowed us to raise money externally. So we are doing a second fund, which is a $100 million fund, which is pretty much closed now. Um, and this is going to be for post-seed and um, Series A. It's mostly the growth fund. And I think we're going to make a big announcement with respect to operations of it by the end of this year. Uh, we just saw in the market that a lot of companies in last year and a half have moved towards the growth stage and for strategic partners they still open to take both equity and advisory token investments um, to grow the business to actually build it up accelerate it so there are a lot of great opportunities and we wouldn't we were not able to do five ten million dollar check from ventures first fund so this is going to be a great opportunity and i'm very excited about couple of very smart active blockchain lps coming from around the world it's a very global fund wow well it sounds like you have got your hands full <laughs> and it sounds like you'll be spending a lot more time on airplanes uh, in the next 24 18 to 24 months and probably beyond because there is a lot of work to be done within this space which is a very very exciting one and the last thing i want to uh, ask you um Kavita, is um Coming back to uh, what I said before about how it's uh, blockchain is very much compared to the internet. And uh, in 1993, of course, the internet was around before 1993, but that was when we started to see it come to, I guess, mainstream. It started to be used. Commerce was done. There was applications being built that we were actually able to use as human beings, not just with these supercomputers, but with a computer on a desktop, the world of the internet and, um, you know, working on that space was actually brought to us. Now, from 1993 to the year 2000, we saw a huge amount of growth and, of course, the subsequent boom and bust in the year 2000. Now, obviously, we're seeing a huge amount of development in blockchain. Where do you think we are? If we were to compare the internet, 1993 to the year 2000, where would you put blockchain right now in that spectrum of years, that seven-year period? It's at a very early, naive stage. Uh, it's a technology which we are very excited has moved Silicon Valley, governments, financial sector, corporates at the same time. Like it has never happened in the history that all of them are excited talking about it. it's a buzzword everywhere. Uh, but we still don't have any mainnet application which we can use for anything which affects our daily life. So that's also the reality. So I, the way I see it is over an year, um, by Q2 of next year, we're going to see a lot of application. That's going to be our testing ground to see the adoption. And from there, I think this market should pick up with respect to new adopters coming in the space of so the seamless integration of your fiat payment system. I do think the first burst has already happened with respect to crypto. Uh, the technology will keep on going through evolution with Web 4.0 or Web 5.0. Um, People were already talking about considering, saying, hey, we are looking for next platforms on blockchain. I'm like, hey, can we just put some applications on mainnet before you already move on? So um, I think on the technology wise, we should be seeing a lot of upswing next year. Then we should see a sort of then maybe an year after that, we're going to see people figuring out what's next with it or what are the individual companies are then going to go through the aggregating stage. Uh, but with respect to crypto, I think this burst has already happened. 
it has to be an upswing after three, four months. Um, that's what I personally feel. And is there going to be another burst? Completely depends upon all those speculators sitting in Asia. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So are you saying we're post-2000 in that respect? Yes. I guess it's a bit of a double-edged sword question. I mean, look, if we're talking about the technology, we're probably still very much in 93, 94. If we're talking about the way that the market boomed uh, and then subsequently bust, well, we've seen a big boom and a bust. I mean, will we see well, we just don't know. If we do get major uh, you know, use cases and the world does come through with the next wave, if that does happen, um, there will be another cycle, I believe, if the media gets behind it and if the world allows it to actually happen in the sense that you know, we can actually use it. If there's a real need to have these uh, different tokens and, and, and whatnot uh, and cryptocurrencies as well, then, of course, you know, if there's a need to have it beyond just pure speculation, then there's room for anything. So I really appreciate that. So you, your interesting answer is beyond 2000. And I do understand where you're coming from. But thank you so much. We finally got you on the show. It's been a long time waiting, but uh, definitely worthwhile. Is there anything else that you wanted to say, Kavita, before we uh, wrap the show up? Uh, no, first of all, thank you so much, Craig, for having me. It has been such a pleasure. I have, I've actually heard a couple of your sessions before before I came, and it has all, always been very, very educational. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, please do give me a chance to come to Sydney. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just want to say that uh, I think we are at a very, very interesting place when it comes to the blockchain technology, because it definitely has the power to change the way we look at data, privacy, security, and money completely, which has that revolution has not happened over 200, 300 years. Now, uh, what I am really fascinated is how we as human and people with our behavior is going to turn it into the next big positive movement or something which is fishy. So let's touch base in a year's time and figure that out. <laughs> well, hopefully touch base before then, Kavita. Where can people find out more information about what you're doing, how to plug into your brain bank and everything that's going on in your space? How would they find out more information about the fund and or everything that you do? Yes. Uh, so we are consensus.vc, uh, consensusventures.vc. So please do find us online. For Tachyon is T-A-C-H-Y-O-N. So Tachyon. Uh, cv.vc and uh, i am available at kavita gupta19 on twitter so please follow us wonderful again i will thank you one more time kavita gupta it's been an absolute pleasure founding managing partner at consensus that is sys on the end not consensus so find the links tune in and uh, i look forward to look i look forward to bringing you to sydney i will find a reason i will find a reason Perfecto. Thank you so much, Craig. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters.